the Prevalentwood Podcast. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. We're going to talk about the beginning of sorrows and uh, the events that are leading up to the final battle, which is uh, Armageddon, uh, which takes place in the book of Revelation chapter 6 and also Revelation chapter 16 and 19. But we'll not get into uh, that uh, area of scripture today, but we're going to talk about the beginning of sorrows. So let's begin in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Father, we thank you that your word tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished or equipped unto every good work. We thank you, Lord, that the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And that no creature is, hid, is hidden from your sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. We thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our paths. We thank you, Father, that the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. We thank you, Lord, that every word of God is pure and you are a shield to those who put their trust in you. We thank you, Lord, that you desire truth in the inner part and in the hidden part. You will make us to know wisdom. We thank you for these things in Jesus name. Amen. Notice that the disciples ask Jesus uh, a question. In fact, it was a threefold question. If we would go back up into the uh, uh, into the verse and the uh the the answer startled them because the the threefold question that they asked him really revealed the end times because the disciples were very impressed about the temple and wanted to show the son of god the the the, the temple so that way he could be impressed but uh, Jesus did one thing he laid down the timeline of uh, events and uh, it is very powerful. Now, notice that he said here in verse two, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. This was fulfilled in A.D. 70 when Titus came and the Romans came in and surrounded Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. In fact, there are uh, still artifacts of the uh, stones that were actually used in the building of the second temple, which ultimately was Solomon's temple. The first temple uh, was destroyed in uh, 586 uh, BC, and then it was restored uh, some uh, years later, and, uh, and then it would be destroyed again in AD 70 by Titus. And so there are artifacts that uh, uh, pretty much is the signature of the fulfillment of the word that Jesus gave here in verse number two. Uh, and so if you were to go to the southeast uh, or the southwest, I should, say, I should say the southwest portion of the Temple Mount, you will see the stones on the ground in a pile of rubble. And this is a testament to the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. 
So the threefold question is in verse three. Tell us when will be will these things be, which is number one. What will be the sign of your coming, which is number two and number three and the end of the end of the age. And then Jesus uh, begins to answer the question. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So we're seeing false prophets and false teachers, false apostles and uh, uh, false false pastors and, and all sorts of uh, individuals that are false that uh, some some of which have said that they were the, the Christ and others they pretty much ju- just don't cross that line but nonetheless they're still false prophets because they're teaching false doctrine and they will deceive many and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. The thing that you're seeing now in Gaza is nothing less than wars and rumors of wars. Uh, rumors of wars is when individuals putting out a story that may be fictional or, or lacking facts that we're going to start war. Like, for instance, with uh, th- uh, China and Taiwan. And uh, it may turn into a war, but right now, as it stands, uh, it's just posturing. So those are like uh, rumors, if you will. Uh, but the actual wars are the ones that there is a conflict. And one of the major conflicts that is happening right now uh, across the Atlantic Ocean from where we sit here in the United States uh, is Gaza. And so uh, there are two carrier battle groups that are uh, at least one is there now. One is on their way, the Ike uh, carrier battle group or strike group, as what they call call it today. Being that I was in the Navy, so, you know, I, I can understand the change in the terminology. Uh, uh, the Ike uh, uh, strike group is on its way uh, across the Atlantic into the Mediterranean, and they will relieve the uh, Gerald Ford strike group, but not after a while. They're going to both stay on station until uh, Ike gets up to speed in terms of their military operations. And uh, and then as soon as they have the ball, then the Ford strike group will exit the Mediterranean. That's a normal uh, uh, swap, if you will, or a change of uh, operational uh, assets in the region. And so uh, that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about conflicts. The purpose of this is to prevent a further escalation of the region, which, of course, is going to happen. The, Israel is fighting, as I've stated before several weeks ago, uh, that uh, a few weeks ago, not several, a few weeks ago, that uh, uh, Lebanon is is picking up steam. They're now fighting, and and out of the two groups between Hamas and Hezbollah, Hezbollah is definitely a a big mountain for Israel to climb because the last conflict that took place, I believe, in two thousand and six, with the uh, Lebanese, uh, Israel didn't it didn't work out well for Israel. It turned out to be a, a very tough fight. And so Hezbollah is well-trained and they're well-disciplined. And so it's going to be a very difficult uh, second front fight for Israel. Are they up to the task? I believe so. But they're going to have to bring their triple uh, A game to to this region because Hezbollah is nothing to be played with being that they are backed by Iran. And and Hamas is backed by Iran at uh, by Iran as well. Uh, Hamas, I should say, is backed by Iran, but they're not that uh, deep in terms of of uh, operational tempo and warfare and things of that nature. But Hezbollah is, and so it'll it'll be an interesting uh, two front scenario. But nonetheless, the, these air these things that we're talking about is wars and rumors of wars. But the Lord said this: See that you are not troubled. And, and that's kind of hard to do for many people. But yet the Lord commanded us not to be troubled about it. Why? Because he knows how this is going to work out. So see, he says, see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. And that's the thing that uh, a lot of people have um, concluded that this is it. This is Armageddon. And it's not. Uh, Armageddon is when the armies are surrounding Jerusalem. In other words, the borders of Israel have been completely breached. And then the uh, city of Jerusalem is completely surrounded. And so we have to be very careful not to say, well, this is this is the end of the world. It's a precursor sign uh, to the end of the age. And that's what these things that we're reading here today are about. These are precursor signs or signs that will come as a as a 
as events that lead up to the the last battle. So we have to be very careful not to label things as uh, as uh, the way the world wants us to label them and then get all hyped up and whatnot. And so these are precursory signs, but they're also preparatory signs. Signs that are preparing for the end of the age. So again, in verse seven, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. All right. So uh, uh, now uh, as a as a uh, cleaning up a house cleaning uh, tour, please visit our website prevailing with ministries dot net. You will see uh, uh, on the uh, on the timeline or the uh, click line if you want. <laughs> I'm losing my terminology. The, the the area where you click for certain pages. So whatever that's called, you, you guys that are high tech, you know what this is about. Uh, you will see the journey. You will also see. Uh, uh, the areas where we're talking about uh, the word of God, as far as our videos are concerned, and also the blogs. It's very important that you check those out because that'll teach you more about what we're sharing as far as the word of God is concerned. We also have the objectives and what we're about. So those are very important. So please check out prevailingwithministries.net when you get a chance. Pray just as hard for the Palestinians as you do for Israel. And that's the thing that you have to be cognizant about. And that is that you have to learn to pray just as hard for the Palestinians as you do for Israel. This is just a side note because it's very important because the body of Christ is just one sided right now, at least most of them. And we got to pray for Israel. We got to pray for Israel. But what about Palestine, the, the Arabs? What about them? What about the Muslims? And, and we leave them out because they, of course, Hamas has done a very vicious and very callous act. We know that. But the word is the word. Are we to just suspend certain portions of the word uh, uh, for our liking or to our liking? No, we are to engage the word of God in its totality. It is called being comprehensive. So here in the book of Matthew, chapter uh, five, beginning at verse 43, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. If you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same and... If you greet your brethren, what do you do? What do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. And I know that in uh, looking at the scripture that it is speaking of the true believers in Christ Jesus when they're persecuted. But nonetheless, the gist of it is still the same. Verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven. And then you have first John chapter uh, four and verse 20, where it says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also, now, many of us will remember the story of Cain and Abel, how he sl slayed his brother just because God accepted the sacrifice of Abel, but rejected the sacrifice of Cain. And it's very interesting to un for us to understand that uh, we are our brother's keeper, regardless of what they do. And so remember what Jesus did on the cross when they crucified him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even though they took him and hung him on a cross, yet he still had 
uh, that wisdom of God on the inside of him, that love of God on the inside of him to even love those that put him there up on the cross. So let's be very careful not to uh, cross the scriptures because when we cross the scriptures, the word will not work for us and God will not work on our behalf for us. And this is his scripture. This is his word. This is not just me because what the, the tendency is, is that uh, uh, the, the, the men of God that preach the word of God and live the word of God, they are the ones that are attacked when uh, truth is brought to bear on what uh, obviously is uh, something against God in their hearts. So let's walk in love about this. And then you have Second Peter chapter three and verse nine, where it says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." So should we exclude the Arabs? Should we exclude Hamas? Should we exclude anyone that is an enemy from the Scripture? When the Scripture says, "Not willing that any." should perish. The word any is very clear uh, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we have to be very clear of the fact that the word of God is the word of God, irrespective of what you think about it. And you do not have permission to sectionalize or to uh, trivially pick whatever scriptures that you want to live by and exclude others. Uh, that's very dangerous and that's hypocrisy. So uh, God extends the gospel to every creature. Now here in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, it says for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever it didn't exclude anybody didn't exclude any race of people. God wants to save everybody and that's the will of God. And so we have to have the same heart in, in terms of praying and, and seeking the salvation of not only the Jews, Israel is, as, as far as Israel is concerned, but also the Arabs. Now there are born again believers in uh, the area of Gaza. We just don't know them. We don't know about them, but there is a Palestinian pastor that's, that's there ministering to the people there in, uh, in Gaza. And so there are uh, believers there in Palestine. Uh, well, not in Palestine because it's not called Palestine. It's called Israel because Gaza belongs to Israel because God gave the land of uh, Canaan to Israel. And so, but there are Arabs in the area that need, that need the gospel just as much as the Israelis do. So we have to be very careful uh, not to pick sides and then exclude one group of people because they've done a heinous act. And of course they there is no question about it. We're not minimalizing and we're not marginalizing what Hamas has done. But when the Bible says not any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, th that's a very clear scripture here that we just can't violate. And so the word of God need to go to them, go to the Arabs just as much as it needs to go to the Jews. Now, uh, there was an individual that got saved. You, you, some of you may be surprised. He was the son of a high ranking Hamas leader. And he just got saved. He, he turned his life over to the Lord. He repented of sin and placed faith on Christ alone. And he's ministering to the Arabs in the area of Gaza. And this is powerful. So you can't uh, say that God can't reach people where they are in terms of the situation in Gaza. Because God can work very well in, in conflicts as well as in areas where there is no conflict. So never minimize what God can do. Remember what the Bible tells us that with God, all things are possible. So if you're praying for Israel, pray also for the Arabs in the area of Gaza. They need their, pr they need our prayers. They need for God to work in their situation. And uh, the Lord is raising up or has raised up individuals that will preach the gospel to them and get the word to them. So that way they can be saved as well. These undeniable signs have been working since the time the Lord came. So we should be careful not to scoff at it. And these are preparatory signs. Now, if you understand uh, in military parlance that there is always a preparatory command and then there's the execution command, just like in uh, dismounted drill. And uh, whenever there is a preparatory command, it's, it is designed to prepare you for what is to come. 
as far as the execution order is concerned, because if you don't know which way to go, uh, you, then then you're just going to turn whatever way they tell you. It, it's just like when when a, a sergeant or or um, or a petty officer uh, uh, leads a, a group and he just says face, the men are like saying which way, and so the preparatory command is given right. And then the execution command is given face. And then that's when you're able to turn because you're turning in the direction where the, the sergeant or the petty officer wants you to turn. To, uh, turn. So there are these signs that we're seeing today in Gaza and many parts of the world, Ukraine and Russia and uh, China and Taiwan and many other places of the world. These are preparatory or precursory signs that will lead to the final execution of the final week of Daniel's prophecy. Now, over a short period of time, which is five years, these events happened. Just imagine seven years. The first half is peace and safety. The second half is the great tribulation, along with seven seals broken, seven trumpets sounding, and seven bowls. Now, if you are a student of the eschatology, the, the, the teaching of the end times, you will see that some of these um, uh, scrolls, uh, trumpets, and uh, bowls interlock with each other. In other words, they happen at, at, they're just basically describing pretty much the same event, but a little bit differently. But it, it is happening at the time that is supposed to be happening. And so I used to read it as this is going to be 777 and it's going to be separated and uh, you have 21 events. Well, you, you're going to have 21 events, make no mistake about it, but each of but certain events will, will line up with each other. So that's the one thing that you have to be uh, cognizant about and aware that certain uh, 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 seals will intermingle with each other. Certain uh, trumpet sounds will be intermingling with each other and also the seven bowls. So please be advised about that. Now, as far as the seals are concerned, the first four seals are the four horsemen. Along with the four horsemen, the white horse, the fiery red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. This happens at the very breaking of the initial seals, the first four seals. Now, we do not see these uh, four horsemen stop their uh, their march or their agenda uh, uh, until Christ comes, which is uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 19. And, and, and so it's going to they're going to operate throughout the entire seven year tribulation period. Then again, they may stop. We, we really don't know. We won't we won't see it until we're either in heaven or or we're on Earth uh, as far as those not we, but uh, sinners that at that Mr. Rapture, uh, they'll see these things. So so we'll know whether or not uh, these four horsemen will cease riding at a certain point or will continue to ride throughout the entire seven year uh, ordeal uh, called Daniel's prophecy of 70 weeks. Now, it appears that they will ride until Christ comes in Revelation 19 and verse 11, beginning there. But we're not going to we're not going to read that because we see them ride without ceasing. But they must cease when Christ appears in Revelation 19. This is the second coming. Now, can they cease at, at the midpoint or at, at a certain point? They probably could. So we can't close the door and say this is concrete. They're going to stop regardless right here. We don't know that. What we can't say with certainty is that they will ride, but they but we can also say with certainty that at some point, whether it's during the middle portion of the tribulation or, or the final week of Daniel's prophecy or at the end, they will cease from riding. Precursor signs or preparatory signs, just like driving to alert you that your exit is soon to come. Now, some of us that, that know anything about driving, <laughs> we, we know that when we're going to a certain place, we are looking for signs that will warn us of the exit. And so there are preparatory signs. There are precursory signs that do warn us. And usually it's at about 10 miles out and then it's at uh, three miles out. Then it's at, a, at one mile out and then it's at a half mile out in certain places not in all places and then the exit and so these are precursory signs and preparatory signs just like covid was mandatory vaccines lockdowns you can't work unless you've been vaccinated all of these are precursory signs because if you read revelation chapter 13 beginning at verse 11 through 18 you will see that the beast will come with the mark of the beast and will demand that everyone take this mark and if they don't they will be killed 
and they won't be able to buy or sell or do anything as far as uh, money is concerned because the, the beast is about you worshiping the image and taking his mark in your right hand or your forehead. So please read the book of Revelation chapter 13. But all of these things that we have shared in the last uh, uh, five years have been preparatory signs. Now, just like a pregnant woman, you know that in the third trimester that when it is time to give birth, there are precursory signs to give an indication that a birth is about to happen. And that's why Jesus said the beginning of sorrows. In fact, the word sorrows is mentioned as birth pangs. And so these are contractions that happen when a woman is about to give birth and they happen with strength and they happen in short order. They get closer and closer and closer until finally the, the baby is birthed. And so these preparatory signs are the contractions that we are experiencing. And so since Jesus prophesied this over 2000 years ago, we have been experiencing uh, contractions and they're getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the end time of the birth of, of the, uh, of the birth, which is a, uh, which is a type or shadow of the second coming of Christ. Now there are other uh, preparatory signs who, uh, WEF is and uh, ESG, who is the World Health Organization? WEF is uh, the the World Economic Forum, and also ESG, which is the Economic Social Governance, which is a part of all of these things becoming a new world order. Other preparatory signs are carbon emission laws worldwide. Electric vehicles, please don't buy an electric vehicle because it is the worst thing that you can buy because it costs $16,000 to replace a battery. <laughs> well, the batteries in uh, gasoline cars, that, that at this point, it's only $159. I can remember back in the day, you know, it used to be $75 and less. And uh, I know that my dad <laughs> only paid $5 for his for his battery. So we're going way back and I'm revealing my age. But don't buy an electric vehicle. They, the, the environmentalists want you to protect the environment. But when you have to pay $16,000 to replace a battery, here's the other thing that you have to worry about. The, the material that makes up these batteries are mined in Africa. And so there's a lot of our African brothers and sisters that are going into the mines for cheap labor to pull out these materials and guess where it is being shipped to it is being shipped to china and so we have to be very very careful uh, about this also the fact that uh, after the battery dies where will you put them now we do have a, a, a means by which we uh take care of nuclear waste but when it comes to um when it comes to the batteries we have to understand that the battery is a serious problem in terms of where you're going to store them after they have been depleted. And they're also a major fire hazard. The cause of blowing up and it takes a lot of water and a lot of time to, uh, to put out the fire as far as uh, the electric battery is concerned. So it's, a, it's an environmental disaster uh, made by man in the making. So please avoid electric cars. Uh, so, uh, but here's the other thing. Here's another precursory sign. One world currency. Uh, we have what is called now BRIC, which is Brazil, Russia, India, and China. They're trying to take over the currency. The United States right now with the dollar is in control of being the world's currency. But people want to break away from that because of the stipulations imposed upon certain countries to follow a certain agenda. And so, and so now BRIC has been formed to counter the American dollar. And you have to be very careful about this because it also leads to one other precursory sign, central bank digital currency, CBDC in other words. So you have to be very careful about these precursory events because it's leading to the new world order, which will be under the auspices of the beast that will uh, finally appear in uh, just like what it says in the book of Daniel chapter nine and verse 27. And then you have the final collapse in America that will happen. Well, we have now $33 trillion of debt. Now one financial analyst said that it, that this is the point of no return. Why? He is very simple because he pointed it out very in very basic terms that we can all understand. 
When you have $33 trillion of debt and you only take in $4 trillion, but you spend $5 trillion, leaving a deficit of $1 trillion each year, you kick the can down the road until there's no more can or road left. And that's what we're doing here in the United States. We're seeing uh, the, uh, the, the, the House in disarray right now. We don't have a Speaker of the House. And uh, we have also uh, money being sent to Ukraine and also to Israel. But the United States is left out. We're, we're depleting our resources and we're no longer uh, at, at the lead in this area. What, what is it leading to? Daniel chapter 2. If you read Daniel chapter 2, uh, the everlasting kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ must come and all superpowers come to an end. We see that in Daniel chapter 2 that there were four kinds of kingdoms that came to pass. Uh, number one, uh, Babylon. Number two, Medes and Persians. Number three, the Greeks. And number four, Rome. Rome, as far as a world power, world economic power, and a world military power, ended somewhere in uh, the 500 AD. But but as far as the uh, the remaining remnants of Rome, because if you notice that most governments have a similar setup of the government that Rome had several uh, uh, thousand, a uh, couple, just a, a few hundred years ago, we see that there are similar things that are incorporated into most countries. And so uh, at one point, the U.S. was at one point uh, energy independent. Again, you spend money on Israel and Ukraine, but you forget the United States. And then we have another precursory sign, censorship. The media is is in on this because it's the way to control people that's gullible. And that's why they have a problem with independent thinking individuals, especially among black people. When black people leave the plantation, in other words, and begin to think for themselves, all of a sudden you become an enemy and you're no longer an individual that is beholden to whatever people say. In other words, we've said it, you go along with it, and that's it. Well, we just simply say, no, we're not going along with it. We're just not, not going to do it. And, and people get angry and mad when black people just break away. And, and well, my, my thing is, so what? <laughs> get mad. Do what you got to do. But I'm going to do what's best for me. And I'm going to think my, for myself for a change. And so uh, a couple of years ago, Governor Hochul was in Christian Cultural Center, which is A.R. Bernard's church in Brooklyn, New York, talking about getting the vaccination and saying it like this. She, she was saying that, that, that you ought to love your neighbor as you, as yourself. And that you, you can't, you can't abuse that scripture any more than that. that. Well, then again, you can, when you deal with governor uh, Gavin Newsom, when he put up billboards saying to love your neighbor as yourself, how, how can you love your neighbor killing babies? What sense does that make? And so when they were talking about the vaccinations and whatnot, they were trying to get people in the church to be the leaders in terms of taking this vaccination. But you got to love your neighbor as yourself. And she's no more saved than a man in the moon. She don't know anything about the scriptures than she than than she knows about <laughs> governing New York, if you want to put it, really put it bluntly. But you see, you have to understand something. The world is trying to use truth to get you to to accept the lie. And that is where there is a major problem. And that's the, a precursory sign because gullible people will accept whatever it is that people tell them to. And that's when you begin to say, wait a minute, I have to think for myself. I can't let you tell me what to think and tell me what to believe. Stop being gullible. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 15 that the simple believe every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. So don't believe everything that you hear. Only the gullible believe believes everything that they hear. The Bible tells us in the book of first Thessalonians chapter five and verse 21, test all things. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. There's nothing wrong with saying, well, wait a minute. I'm not sure about this. Wait a minute. I, I don't want to take this. Wait a minute. I don't want to do this. And, and if they try to put pressure on you saying, well, you know what? We're going to take your job away from you. If you're a believer in God, if you're a believer in the Lord, the Lord knows how to take care of his own. And so you have to remember that God is going to watch over his word performing and God is going to watch over you because you are a child, are his child based on repentance from dead works and faith to 
towards God alone. Not everyone is a child of God. Just because you go to church, it doesn't make you a child of God. You have to repent of sin and place faith on Christ alone and then live by the commands of Jesus for the rest of your life. And so you don't have to do it. So, but the vaccination wasn't clinically tested and it takes years for a viable vaccine to come using the church to blind the minds of people. And that's what they do. Now the Jews didn't buy it and they rejected the government from shutting them down. In other words, they went to court and the Supreme court ruled in their favor. And it's, and it's, it is the law of the land because New York city tried to shut down the Jews in, uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and they went to court about it. And, uh, while they were going to court, 7,000 Jews showed up at a wedding when New York city didn't know about it. And, and that was a shock and a surprise to them. And so we have to remember that uh, government cannot save you. Government cannot protect you. Government cannot tell you what to do, when to do, and how to do. Only government, the only thing that government is supposed to do is to protect your right as a free citizen. That's it. Not to take away the rights enshrined in the Constitution for every citizen. In another incident, as far as censorship is concerned, a pastor was escorted out of a school board meeting because he read a sexually explicit book that was in the library of a public school where children could read it. It used to be that you just don't do this to children. Now they allow drag queen men dressing up as women to read a storybook. And what you're doing is that you're grooming these little children to accept any form of sexuality. What you're doing is planting the seed in them early. And then next thing you know, once they are exposed to certain things, they become what they want you to become. And then there's uh, children that are exposed to puberty blockers. And once you take those medicines, there's no point. There's no return. That is it. You're done. And so parents, you got to do a better job of protecting your children. And, and simply when you see these things happening in your school, just remove your child. And know it's a little hardship and whatnot. And some of you say, may say, well, you didn't have to do it when you were in because they didn't do this when I was there, because absolutely if they were doing this in the time that I was, uh, raising, uh, we were raising our children, our child rather, not children. We only have one daughter. Uh, we would have easily made the decision to remove our child from school and, and homeschooled her, and that would have been it. And they would have just had to suck it up because you're not going to tr- uh, take our child and transform them into something that you think that you want to do without our permission. No, it's not happening. You didn't bring our child into this world, and I'm going to take you out in terms of just taking my child away from that school and let you just suck it up. Now, uh, a a preacher in Scranton, PA preached against homosexuality and was arrested. And and see, this is the kind of censorship that is going on in uh, the United States and in other parts of the world where, where people are prohibited from speaking the truth, just like in Canada in South Africa and uh, in Europe, especially in Britain. I mean, the very cradle of, uh, of the Magna Carta and, and so forth and rights for the people. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're seeing these rights being taken away. And these are precursory signs that will lead to the end of the world. Control over your children, indoctrinating, indoctrinating them to change sex without the parents' permission. Puberty blockers are permanent. Government control is here, and it's just a matter of time until it's fully implemented in the whole world. Now, Daniel chapter two, which is what I spoke of in part, is close to being fulfilled because the everlasting kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ has yet to come. Now, let's read second Peter chapter three, because scoffers in the last days, those that are mocking or making fun of the Lord in the last days. Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, uh, spoken of by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers or mockers will come in the last days. Scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? You see, they want to make fun of the fact, well, you've been telling us that he's coming. He's coming, but where is he? (laughs) Look, it took 3,793 years for the Lord Jesus to first come as a baby in a manger and to die on the cross. 
And now it's 2000 plus years now that has passed. And some of y'all are saying, when is the Lord going to come? Well, you keep mocking because see, you, no one knows the day or the hour when he will come. And when he does come, it's going to be with great power and glory. So go ahead and make fun. But your fun making days will end when he does appear. And so uh, they say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, and this is verse four, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the uh, of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished. And this is speaking of the flood of Noah, because they saw the, the, the waters uh, uh, of the earth out of the water and in the water. And that was it. But then the flood came. So this is what this is talking about being flooded with water, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now, when people read the scripture, they say, well, there's going to be six days. And so when the seventh day come, that's when the Lord comes. And that's not what this is talking about. Uh, one day is just like a thousand years to God. In other words, he can wait this out. He has patience. It doesn't make a difference whether it's a thousand years or one day. It's nothing to him. Why? Because he's living in eternity. And so that's what this verse of scripture is actually talking about the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness but is long suffering toward us not willing that see the word long suffering so one day is a thousand years a thousand years is one day he's long suffering and that's what this is an explanation of his long suffering toward us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance so don't make fun of the coming of the Lord but men will do so because uh, evil and wicked men, all they want to do is make fun. It's easy to make fun of an individual that you can't see. But when they appear, the tone changes very quickly. So we're going to have scoffers in these last days. Also, these are the days of Noah and Lot. Notice in uh, Luke chapter 21 and verse 34 beginning there. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. Just in case you want to know what carousing is, it means a headache or a seat as a seizure of pain from what? From drunkenness. You know how people get a hangover. And so that's what the carousing is about. But it is also the giddiness and headache caused by drinking wine to excess. So, so, um, uh, so the writer, uh, so Luke tells us, uh, uh, with Jesus in the book of Luke tells us carousing drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon, uh, come on you unexpectedly for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So don't get caught up in uh, the uh, uh, carousing and, and whatnot. Don't get caught up in any of these things. Now, I mentioned the, uh, Noah and Lot, and so this is where we get the uh, reference from in the book of Luke chapter 17 and verse 26. And as it was in the la in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the son of man. They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all, which is a reference in terms of what we read in second Peter chapter three. Now notice that when we begin to read these things, that there are similar things that are uh, in our, uh, in, in the word of God, that is precursory signs. They were uh, car uh, car uh, carousing. They were drunk. They were, they were just having a good time. They were having a party and, and having a good time. Then all of a sudden, unexpected, un unexpectedly, the Lord came. And it was a surprise to them. It was a shock to them. Why? Because they were all having a good time, partying, mocking God, everything like that. And so just like this in verse 26, we read it again. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the son of man. They ate, they drank, they had a care. They didn't have a care in the world. They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until 
the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Look at verse 28. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. Doesn't it sound like Gaza? Because uh, some of the stories you hear that terrorists were coming into the area and, and they knew that these Israelis had safe rooms in their houses. And some of them were successful in terms of getting into the safe house to uh, to kill them. And so there are precursory signs that are so similar to what's happening uh, in Gaza that will ultimately happen in the middle of the week. And in, in as far as Daniel's 70th week prophecy is concerned. And so, again, in verse 31, in that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Now, the reason why the Lord want, want us to remember Lot's wife is because uh, Lot was instructed, do not look back. And when Lot's wife looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. And so remember what Jesus said in his word, where he said that anyone uh, having a plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom. Verse 33, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you in the night, there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken and the other left. And they said, and they answered and said to him, where Lord? So he said to them, wherever the body is there, the eagles will be gathered together. In other words, eagles only gather where there is real meat and Christ is real. And that's where people will be gathered together. So that's the situation with Luke, because these are precursory signs. We're having a good time. We're enjoying ourselves. In fact, in Gaza, there were a lot of people that were down in one particular city that had a party. And, and these, there were hundreds of, of Israelis in the area. The, but uh, if you notice that they're on one on uh, one YouTube um, uh, a camera shot, they saw that there were missiles being fired and they saw the gliders coming in. And, and but, but they still carried on like nothing was really going on. And then all of a sudden, sudden destruction came upon them. And so we're seeing these things as precursory signs to the final event. So uh, there are individuals that mock God and say that there is no God. Well, there is a God does exist because the Bible says in the book of uh, Psalm and, uh, 14 and verse one, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. So, uh, uh, and then it goes on to say, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. And so don't mock God. Don't say, well, there is no God because he's, he doesn't exist. He's an imaginary figure. He's someone that you guys created. And so that we can keep you in bondage. No, God is God. Just like there, a painter has a, a, a painting, has a painter, a building has a builder. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter three and verse four, that uh, a, a building was built by someone but he that builds all things is God. So God does exist. All you have to do is look at his handiwork. Look at the clouds. Who put that there? Look at all the trees. Who put that there? Who put us here? It was almighty God. So don't mock him. And then you have the book of uh, Romans chapter one, beginning at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from, uh, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men 
who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, which is what we talked about being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile or empty in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened professing to be wise they became fools now the word fools and we'll pull the definition of a look at the word moraine io uh, uh which is moraine moraine knows i believe is the pronunciation of that birchard did please forgive me which is the uh the the etymological foundation of the word moron so it it also means to uh make Pass to make passively act as a simpleton, become fool, make foolish, lose savor. So it also, in terms of its uh, expounded definition, means to be foolish, to act foolishly, to make foolish, to prove a person or a thing foolish, to make flat or ta- and tasteless of salt that has lost its strength and flavor. Remember what Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 5, that you are the salt of the world, and if you lose your salt, then how can it be salted? It is good to be trampled under and to be thrown and to be uh, stepped on and, and thrown away. And, and so uh, an individual that loses his his uh, loses the wisdom of God simply because he wanted sin, they become morons. And it's very important that you understand that. Now, this is not me calling you a moron. The word called you this. The Bible called you this. So if there, there are any of you individuals that are operating in the area of, of sexual uh, sexual sins, uh, regardless of what this sexual sin is, especially if you're an individual that operates as a homosexual, the Bible calls you a moron, but you can become wise because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter one and verse seven of uh, the beginning of wisdom of the, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then you have Proverbs chapter nine and verse 10, where it says that the beginning of the Lord, uh, the beginning, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about speaking too fast and thinking too fast at the same time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy one is understanding. So, uh, going back here into uh, verse number 21, because all they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and foolish in their and their hearts uh, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things, which, of course, is idolatry. And remember what it says in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, that you shall have no other gods before me. And the second commandment is that you shall not make a graven image. Therefore, in verse 24, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Can you see what they swapped here? The lie is the truth and the truth is the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. What is the penalty of their error? Sexually transmitted diseases and the highest form of sexually transmitted disease is HIV AIDS. In other words, a shutting down of your immune system, which hastens the date of your death. And so to come out of that sin, you have to repent of sin and place faith on Christ alone. Now, the highest form of sexual immorality is bestiality or zoophilia, which is sexual activity with animals. But the but the sexual immoral sin that is underneath that is homosexuality or sodomy. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased or reprobate mind to do those things which are not fitting. 
being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud. Now remember Pride Month in June of each year. They have what is called Pride Month. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 16, and verse 18, that pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Boasters, inventors of evil things. You, can you see how in, inventions happen? For instance, when a film came out in the 1920s, one of the first things that they did, because everyone was astounded, astounded at the fact that you can take a, uh, a camera and capture certain events on film. Well, guess where pornography came from? Pornography is nothing but sexual immorality on film. And when uh, in the 1920s came out and film came out, then all of a sudden they used a uh, film to produce this. And so you, you see that it was an invention of evil. It wasn't intended that way, but evil men turned it into that way. So we have yet to see other things that have to be, that will be invented. Now I know that the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter one, that there is nothing new under the sun, but there are certain things that we haven't seen. What, when it's not new under the sun, it's because God knows already what man is going to invent. We have no idea what man is going to, to invent as far as far as evil things are concerned. So we have yet to see certain things like AI, and so there are robots that men are having sex with. There's nothing, nothing uh, that should surprise us in terms of the wickedness of men. And so uh, we, we have yet to see other inventions of evil that will definitely come about. Disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God and those who practice such things are deserving of death. You mean to tell me that we're deserving of death? How cruel, how cruel are you? We're deserving of death. Well, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter six and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so God is giving you an option here. Do you want death or do you want life? And so we get life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Once we repent of sin, which means to turn from sin and place faith on Christ alone. And then for the rest of our lives, we live by his commandments. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So that's a precursory sign. Now, other beginning of sorrow signs is first Timothy chapter four and beginning at verse number one. Now, the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, this is what's happening. People are defecting from the faith. They're turning from Christ because they don't want to be in Christ anymore. They've they've tasted, but they've had enough and they've gone back. They've gone back into the world. So in these latter times, people are departing from Christ. And why is that? Because they're giving heed or paying attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines or teachings of demons. And then what else do they do? They speak lies and hypocrisy. In other words, when they tell you that you, you, you shouldn't be doing this, they, they, they lie to you, but they're doing it. Because, so that makes them a hypocrite. Having their own conscience seared with a hot, hot iron. What does that mean? That means that the, the skin can't be touched. You have no feeling anymore. That means that you're insensitive to God. And that's where uh, people that have defected from Christ are. They no longer can be touched by God. They no longer can be, can hear God. They no longer. And why is that? Because they do not want. God, and that's what we read in the book of First, uh, uh, excuse me, the book, the book of Romans, chapter one, verses eighteen through thirty-two, and that's what it means to have your conscience seared with a hot iron. And then we're living in perilous times. Here in Second Timothy chapter three verse one, but know this that in the last days perilous or dangerous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, proud again. 
a pride comes before destruction. Blasphemers, in other words, taking the name of the Lord in vain, disobedient to parent, un parents, unthankful. Thanksgiving is coming about, so they bypass Thanksgiving and talk about Christmas. They don't want to have anything to do with being thankful to the Lord for the blessings that they've received. Unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. In other words, you pretend to be a Christian, but you're not. And so Paul warns Timothy, and from such people turn away. Turn away from these people because they're going to drag you. So again, these are precursory signs that we need to pay attention. And and, and don't follow uh, false prophets and teachers because they are there to deceive you and to pull you from Christ so they can drag you into hell along with them. Again, please visit our website, prevailingwithministries.net. We do have a short movie called The Journey, but we also tied in another a movie called The Beginning of Sorrows, which is the title of today's message. But the Lord placed it on my heart to put that in a movie form. It's only one minute and 27 seconds, I think it is. And The Journey is only two minutes and 47 seconds. Very short. I highly encourage that you that you uh, use it. Uh, for wit for a witnessing tool, for instance, when you walk up to an individual and, and pull out your phone or whatever device that you may be using, you can simply say to them, would you like to see a movie that's very interesting and compelling? And then you say they, they may say yes. And then you show them it's only a short movie and you could use that as a witnessing tool. So that way you can you can get the gospel to them and just let the the, the movie do the preaching. And so uh, please visit, visit our website. There's other information that is on there. In fact, this message will be uh, placed on uh, the uh, YouTube channel uh, when we um, uh, when we post this up. And so uh, uh, please, again, uh, go to prevailingwithministries.net and begin to uh, uh, get uh, educated about the end times, but also about other things that are very important to you as far as your growth in Christ is concerned. Uh, we do have also uh, Spotify, Spreaker, and uh, uh, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. They will be posted on these sites as well. So please go to those sites if you're on the move, if you're mobile. We do have a mobile app. All you have to do is download what is the, the app called Spaces and then type in Prevailing Word Ministries or Prevailing Word and, and hopefully, Lord willing, our, our uh, site will come up and then you can access our site that way just in case you are on the move and you're in your car or you're on the bus and you can easily listen to these messages because it does have an access or a link for our videos and also for our blogs and Perhaps I think I'll podcast, but I have, have to check on that. But nonetheless, you will be able to hear the word of God as you're on the move. Again, thank you so much for listening to Prevailing Word Ministries. We're thankful that you can stop by and hear the word of God and be educated in the word of God. Now, also, we want to remind you that you that those of you that are listening, you may not be saved. The Bible says in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter seven and verse 21, Jesus said this. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my father, which is in heaven. What is the will of the father? John, chapter three and verse three, where Jesus said that except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then in verse five, he said, except the man is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then in the latter portion of verse seven, you must be born again. The reason why you must be born again is that you have to be changed in your heart by the Holy Spirit. The book of Titus chapter three and verse five says not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. And that's why we preach the gospel because Jesus died on the cross for us and you have to recognize that his sacrifice on the on the cross made a way for you to be accepted into the kingdom but you have to repent the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The book of Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, Peter said this, that uh, uh, that repent and, uh, and, and, and be baptized. That's, that's actually uh, Acts uh, chapter 2 and verse 38, where Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of, Je of, of Christ, of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What is the gift of the Holy Spirit? The gift of the Holy Spirit 
Spirit is eternal life. Remember what it says in the book of Romans chapter 3 and verse chapter 6 and verse 23 that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that is the gift of the Holy Spirit, eternal life. Remember what Paul said in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 beginning at verse 8 he said that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. So eternal life is that gift given to you as a result of you repenting from dead works and placing faith on Christ alone. You need to do it today because at the close of business, 150,000 people will perish. You and I might be one of them, but if we have not repented from sin and placed faith on Christ alone, we will go to hell. The Bible says in the book of Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, it says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned or damned. Where? To hell. Hell is a place of burning, fire, torment, and brimstone. And you do not want to go there. Remember what the word of the Lord said in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then in the book of Acts chapter 17, uh, the Lord said this uh, through uh, Paul, that, uh, uh, that God commands men everywhere to repent. And to repent means to turn from sin, not just to be sorry, even though the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10 says that godly sorrow works repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. God wants you into his kingdom, but the only way to get there is when you repent of sin and place faith on Christ alone. Do it today because tomorrow is too late. Thanks for listening to Prevailing Word. Uh, ministries, we appreciate your time and we appreciate the fact that you're being mature, those of you that are in Christ, in the things of the Lord. You've been listening to the Prevailing Word Podcast. I'm Fred Rochester. Thanks for listening. <music>